in 86. Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club Club. Baby Nation. This is going to surprise you. This is going to come as a little bit of a surprise. Uh, but for once, Tanner's not fully invested in what I have to say. He's looking at his phone. He's posting shit on Facebook. I was posting a picture for Baby Nation. You told me to post it. It's us at my house. We're recording at my place tonight. A rare Tanner's house record. Yeah. Where my wife is out mm-hmm. at the theater. Ooh. Seeing a play, stage production called fun home oh i'm familiar and you know what this podcast does not pass speaking of fun home the bechdel test that's not true yes it is no it's not the bechdel test is that two Two women women have to have a conversation with each other about that's not about a man yeah that's not happening here today is it my friend charlotte and christy (laughs) have a conversation about cheerleading <laughs> well okay well we'll t- maybe maybe bechdel will give us a little pass on that is this a new segment you're introducing yeah bechdel test um i feel like most of these books actually do pass the bechdel test the books i feel do. like maybe... the podcast doesn't oh absolutely not listen i want to say something to you and i want to say something to the baby nation yes that something is hi hi and welcome to the Babysitter's Club Club, a podcast in which I, Jack Shepard, and I, Tanner Greenring. Wow, I thought you weren't going to come in because you were staring at your fucking phone again. And my cat, who's crunching on some kibble <laughs> in the background. That's Meg. In which the two of us discuss... I was the... opening my book. Okay, cool. How about don't 20... commentate on the fact that you're not paying attention to me while I'm trying to introduce the podcast? 20? Okay, got it. Okay, cool. What we do here, what we do here, Baby Nation, and also uh, fledgling babies who just happen to be not part of the incorporated Baby Nation, but just babies who are dipping in, trying to see whether this is something they want to listen to, who are about to join the Baby Nation, or about to sign up for their citizenship tests. Baby alien residents. Baby alien residents. Yep. And Baby Nation. Uh What we do here. Week in and week out, for you, for your benefit, is we discuss the great American novels in the Sitter's Cycle. In the Sitterverse. In the Sitterverse. The Babysitter's Club books. Yes. This week. Yes. We are talking about a Babysitter's Club book that is called Christie and the Walking Disaster. Oh, and it was a good one, Jack. A good one. We got Christie, Christie POV, always good. I thought you was a lot of fun. You're big into Christy. You see yourself as a Christy. You've started to kind of be in her corner in a really big way. Yeah. And I have taken a long time to come around. I came around on Christy this week. She's I like, good. I like what she was up to. Coach Christy. Yeah, Coach Put Christy. Put me in, Coach. Put me Ready in, to Coach. Play. Um, Today. Look at me. I could be Christy. Centerfield. The titular Christy in this novel is Christy, babysitter and president of the Babysitter's Club. The titular Walking Disaster is fan favorite Jackie Radowski. Yeah. yeah. I can't believe we're only on book 20. It feels like we've been doing this for eons. Well, I think one way to look at this is that being on book 20 means that we've been doing this for through an annoying quirk in how we release these 22 weeks. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say something. In the early days, I used to tell the Baby Nation early on what my connection to these books was, which is that when I was seven or eight years old, I read all of these books at my cousin's house, and so I have a deep connection to them. I don't really say that anymore because the connection that I have to them now, after yeah. reading these fuckers for 22 weeks with you, is just like way deeper and more intense yeah. than whatever like formative experience I thought I had as a young man. Yeah. I tell you what, that's that's true for me as well. I would have never guessed that I would have read 22 books. For, at all. No, at all. Yeah. Full stop. Yeah. No, I'm impressed as well. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm, I'm glad that you're keeping up. Here's what we're going to do. For the Baby Nation and for the baby resident aliens. Yep. And baby bees, baby girls, baby and, boys, baby people. Yep. Baby dolls? Baby dolls. Yep. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. I'm a gonna little... Put, I'm going to put... I'm going to... 
recap this book in one sentence. sentence. Right. Okay. Here's. It's important that I say it because otherwise people are, are going to think, especially the baby resident aliens, yeah. are going to think that you're saying it. No. So don't say, don't say what I'm about to say. Just okay. let me say it. Okay. okay? I'm going to recap this book in, what is it, one sentence? One sentence, but here's the trick, baby nation and baby resident aliens. Uh, Jack always says one sentence, and it's usually five to ten sentences. It's one run-on sentence. Yep. I'm going to give you a Full of punctuation. brief overview that is not unpunctuated of what happens in this book. Then I'm going to turn things over to Tanner. I'm going to put 60 seconds, <laughs> on, the, I'm going to put 60 seconds on the clock, and he's going to fill in the gaps that I may have missed. Shall we begin? Yep. In a small town obsessed with baseball, the coach of the local team has everything she could possibly want. But Christy Thomas, whose ragtag bunch of young sluggers is undefeated this season, has a nagging feeling that something is missing in her life. Something important. And when she meets the handsome and rebellious Brad Taylor, who coaches a rival team, she begins to realize that the battle she faces every day on the baseball diamond hasn't even begun to prepare her for the battle she's suddenly facing in her heart. Christy and the walking disaster. You got something to say to that, my man? Put me in, coach. All right. I'm ready to play today. Let me find... I'm going to do something a little different this week. Great. That always works out for you. I'm going to do something a little different. It's never been a walking disaster when you try to deviate from the assignment, which is literally just... here, Baby Nation, the assignment is for Tanner to describe a book he just read today in one minute. Yeah. But he's going to do something a little different because that's too hard. That's yeah. too difficult. It's too difficult to just fucking follow the rules, describe a book that I you just follow read, the rules. do a little book report. Jack, All right. it's been 20 episodes, 22 okay. episodes. What's your plan? My plan is to go to the Mighty Ducks page on IMDb <laughs> Great. and read the plot summary <laughs> written by Liz Jordan at alinga.newcastle.edu.au. Jesus Christ, they've got a lot of vetoed. down there. Vetoed. And I'm going to swap out every mention of Gordon Bombay for Christy mm-hmm. Thomas and every mention of the Ducks for Christy's Crushers. Great. And, and, and you think that by doing that, you will explain to the listeners of this podcast who rely on us. We're the only thing that's standing between them and a week without knowing what happened in a Babysitter's Club book. You think that's going to be the best way that we can serve our listeners who want to know just what happened in a Babysitter's Club book? I think it's going to be pretty accurate. They essentially follow the exact same plot. All right. Well, it's it's your segment, so all I can do is stand here in quiet protest and hit start, which I'm about to do now. Christy Thomas, a hotshot lawyer, is haunted by memories of her childhood. When, as a star player in her championship softball team, she lost the winning softball hit in a home run, thereby losing the game and the approval of her coach. After being charged for drunk driving, the court orders her to coach a peewee softball team, the worst in the league. Thomas is at first very reluctant. However, she eventually gains the respect of the kids and teaches them how to win, gaining a sponsor on the way and giving the team the name of the Christie's Crushers. In the finals, they face Christie's old team, coached by Christie's old coach, Bart Taylor. Bart Taylor. Is it Bart? Giving Christie a chance to face old ghosts. Christie. Time. Babysitter's Club, number 20. Wow, what's, Christie's Crushers. What's disturbing for me is that that took exactly one minute for yeah. you to do. Well, thank you to Liz Jordan at Alinga University in Newcastle. Wow, she really nailed it. Really nailing the plot. Maybe we, we should have her on the show. I know that was a little subversive, Jack, and I know you hate that. I know you hate it when people do something new and interesting. But the point I was trying to make was that this book follows the classic sports movie formula of ragtag underdogs band together to take down the big the big rich team but but it's difficult for us to talk to the baby nation about this because they don't really know what happened well yeah i think i did an okay job what actually happened is christy meets a boy and it's bart not brad bart i mean my text said bart no i mean you're probably right is yours brad i just think of i think of all handsome boys as being called brad you know bart Bart's, because Christy describes him. Bart's Bashers. 
I wrote down here that they it sounds like a gang. Yeah, it is Bart. But here's why I thought he was a Brad. Tell me if this is not a Brad to you. I met a lot of boys, and to be honest, none of them had been quite as cute as Bart. They didn't have his crooked smile or his deep, deep brown eyes or even his straight, perfect nose or his hair that looked like it might have been styled at one of those hair places for guys or not. I think it's a good sign if you can't tell. I think Bart... That's a Brad. That's a Brad right there. That's a motherfucking Brad. I think Bart sounds you know like what? a Bart because he sounds a little precocious. You know, you know he sounds a little, uh, sounds like a rascal. A little Bart. Bit. Crooked smile. Bart Taylor is, what, 12, 13 maybe? Yep. I am 37. 37 years old. Uh-huh. I have never had my hair styled at one of those hair places for guys. Oh, me neither. I wouldn't be caught dead in one of those places. Well, Bart's getting it done right away, and it's fucking paying off at 13. Yeah. You're 37? Yeah. Do you want to know something? Yeah. You are the exact age of Elizabeth Thomas. Wait, really? As mentioned in the text of this book. That comes up today? I missed yep. that. Christy says, my mom is th- at least 37 oh, yeah. years old. You are at least 37 yeah. years old. Yeah. And well, it came up in context of... She wants another baby. She wants another baby. Yeah. All that she wants... Is... What is it? One more baby? Is another baby. Yeah. Yeah, 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 she's gone tomorrow. She's well, gone she tomorrow. probably won't be gone tomorrow. She's got a family to take care of. Well, you but know who's gone tomorrow is Christie's fucking dad. Well, well, he's been gone for ages. Yeah, he, well, you don't mean Watson? Gone yesterday, he's gone today, and he's gone tomorrow. Um, All that she wants is another baby. You are the age of Elizabeth Thomas. You yeah. could you could marry Elizabeth Thomas. You got nothing to offer her. I'm Watson. Watson Brewer is a billionaire tycoon. Yeah, in Connecticut, you are nobody. I'm no one. So you've got like a so, semi-successful podcast. Yeah. That's not enough. Ugh, That's geez. not enough for a modern woman yeah. like Elizabeth. Elizabeth Brewer. Brewer. Yeah, I don't stand a chance. Um, well, that's food for thought. Yeah. Um, can we talk a little bit more about the plot of this book? I am, man. What do you think all this is? Bart and Christy fall in love. Yeah, it's, it's adorable. It's intense. So Bart Taylor is the coach of Bart's Bruisers. Bart's Bashers. Bashers, which is uh it's like a weird like farm team for, yeah, for little, little leaguers. League. Scrappy 7-year-olds. Yeah, scrappy 7-year-olds. And then Christy decides I think either independently or because she got the idea from him. I think independently. She's like, "Oh, I'm going to start my own team that's called Christy's Crushers." Well, she's got a few kids who are interested in playing softball. And she loves sports. But they're not they're either too young or not good enough for Little League. Yeah. So she asks Bart. She right. seeks him out and says, Hey, can they join your team? He's like, I don't know. I've I got a full roster. I tell you what though, we could use some competition. Yeah. I don't know why he's Logan. Yeah, well, who knows? Let's go, we we miss Logan in this book. It was very it was very Christy. Anyway, so. Christy yeah. not interested in boys. In no way. Not interested in boys when this book started. Yeah, in, or in the previous 22 books. But now she got one peep at those rich, chocolatey eyes of Bart Taylor's. Yeah. And she's, she's here's, hooked. This is, here's something. This she's hooked on a feeling. Does not sound like a Christie. Here's Christie. I mean, it does sound like a Christie in that she's making a list to kind of like wheel and deal and get shit done. Yeah. But she writes down five questions that she needs to answer before she can feel like she has a softball team. Can I can I pause you real quick? Please. I want to role play. Okay. Because I wrote this down too, and Great. I wrote in all caps, role play. <laughs> okay. Jack Shepard. Yeah. You are the coach mm-hmm. of a major league baseball team. Okay. Called Bart's, no. Jack's Jumpers. Jack's Jammers. Jack's Jammers. Okay? Uh-huh. I'm the general manager of Jack's Jammers. From where? From? It's got to begin with J. Jacksonville. Jacksonville? The Jacksonville Jammers. Florida. Yeah. Expansion team. Yep. All right. Good. Okay. All right. I'm just trying to inhabit the role. Yep. I got it. New season's about to start. We've drafted some good players. <clears throat> Feeling good. We're a new team. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. P- people are expecting a lot from us this season. We got a little money behind this. Mm-hmm. I'm your GM. I come in. I say, Jack... Yeah. I'm really excited to have you on. Mm-hmm. I got five questions for you. Great. Before Great. we can really get this team off the ground, I have five questions for you. I really need you to think carefully about it. Great. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be part of this team, and I'm happy to help in any way I can. I, I really think, also, I feel like we've got, we've got a great cleanup hitter this year, 
and uh, our on-base percentage is is just off the charts. So it's going to be a good year for the Jacksonville Jammers. Jack, uh, yeah, where would we meet? Where would we meet? Where would we meet the Jack the the Jacksonville <laughs> Jacks Jammers? Where where would we meet? Um, well, I would assume that we'll meet at our stadium or our practice facility. Great answer, man. That was a trick question. You got it. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad I'm uh, I'm doing the right. When and how often would we meet? <laughs> would by would we meet? Do you mean like have a practice? Uh huh. Okay. Uh, well, I I I would think you know that... what you tell me what I mean. Okay. Well, I'll I'll tell you something. Here, remind me your name, general manager of the team that I have been signed to. Also, Jack. The team's named after me. Okay. Yep. Jack. My name is <laughs> Jack E. Jackie Radowski. Radowski. Okay, well, Mr. Radowski, um, uh, I think what you're talking about, and please do correct me and step in if you think I'm wrong, yep. is spring training. So when we would meet is in the spring. spring. Yep. Yep. And how often would be, I would say, for spring training? Honestly, Probably every day. Daily. Yeah, yeah. daily. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty important. Um, would anyone help me? <laughs> um. <laughs> Would anyone help you? Or you. Like, would anyone help us? Well, uh, I hope I'm not stepping out of line here, but you're the GM, uh-huh. and you have got a massive PR team. Yep. You got a coach. Yep. You. Uh, me. That we got, But we got a first base coach. Yeah. We got a third base coach. We I got a batter's a special, coach. I heard, we got heard a, a special coach. team's coach. Yep. Is that nope, a thing? That's, that's for football. Okay. Uh, we'll I'm we'll figure a lot that out. Of money. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We'll sort that out. But but the answer is yes. A lot of people are going to help you. This is a multi-million dollar organization. Jack, can I ask you a question? Y- yeah, please. What would be the purpose <laughs> of this team? What would be the purpose of this team? I'm going to say... I really want you to think hard about that. We're an expansion team this year, but I'm a good coach, and we got some great players. Yep. Our purpose this year, and I'm telling you now, and I also told the PR guy, so that's this is kind of set in stone. We're gonna win the pennant. You know what? What? I admire your uh, your moxie. Mm-hmm. I like that you're getting out there. You're setting some ambitious goals. Great. But all I need is Jack Jammers to get out there and do their best. Okay. Following the footsteps of a great coach I had named Watson Brewer, uh-huh. he just told me to get out there every day, do my best. Right. That's all I need you guys to do. One more question for you. Okay. Does Bart Taylor think I'm cute? Um, <laughs> remind me uh, who Bart Taylor is? Uh, coach of the Bart's Bashers. <laughs> uh, oh, yes, the other expansion team. The Birmingham? No, this is a little league team in <laughs> Stony Brook, Connecticut. Oh. <laughs> I um, I feel like maybe we'll, we need to talk to the PR folks about that one. Those are the five questions. Those are five questions. Christy needs answered Yeah, before she can build this baseball empire that is Christy's Crushers. Yeah, and I feel like she answers all of them, one after the other. That's what's so fucking good about this book. Um, while we're talking about baseball... Put me in, coach. I'm going to put you in. Ready let's, to play. Let's talk about sabermetrics. Sabermetrics. Yes. Okay. Moneyball. Uh-huh. That's what this book is about. It's about Moneyball. Moneyball. It's about stats. Baseball is all about stats. And Sabermetrics is all about figuring out what statistics and what data analysis can do to help your team win. Right. And Christy is great, and she does a really good job as a coach. But either she's not up on the latest in Sabermetrics, uh-huh. or she's on some next-level shit. I think she's on some next-level shit. Well, riddle me this, then. Yep. Claire... Pike. Yes, Claire Pike, five years old, no known flaws. No known flaws. Does she write that down next to her uh, her stat sheet? Yep. Okay, well, that to me is a mistake, uh-huh. and maybe that's where this error in data analysis She doesn't have the, doesn't have the best scouts, you know? She's, no, she's got terrible scouts. But listen, she puts Claire as the number two hitter. Yes. Right? So according to Sabermetrics, right. what you want to do with your number two hitter, and a lot of people th- think kind of... Amateurs who don't know a lot about the game think that you want your number four guy, your yeah. cleanup hitter, to be your best guy. Yep. Makes sense. You want three stats, men on the bases. Stats say there's 
a strong reason for putting your number two hitter as your best hitter. Why does that make any sense? You have one man on base. Here's why. You got your first guy, you want to have somebody who has a strong OBP, strong on-base percentage. Yep. yep. Right? Somebody who's just he's a he's gonna, slugger maybe. He's going to put gonna, it down the gonna, first base line. He's going to yeah. get to first base. He's good. He can get on the first base. Maybe somebody who's good with the steals, right? Somebody sure. who's going who's gonna to round the bases. Yep. For your second guy, you want somebody who's going to run that person another guy home. who's going to get on base. But according to the stats, the second guy in the lineup appears just as many times as the first guy right. on average in a game. By the time you get into the fourth guy, that's going to be probably one less at bat. Here's my question. Why did Christy Thomas put Claire Pike as her number two hitter when Claire Pike, and correct me if I'm wrong on this stat line, Yeah, her batting average is 0.00000. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was early in the season. Our scouts were looking for raw talent. You know, They didn't seem to know. Um, you, it, Claire's young talent. You know, it's not. It's not clear which direction she's going to go. Either she's going to bat a thousand, have a perfect season, or she's going to bat zero and have a perfectly bad season. She had a terrible season. Turns out she went the other way. Also, she's prone to fits. Yeah, on the field. I wrote that. I wrote down under my Claire section. Claire is the John McEnroe of baseball. <laughs> <laughs> she does um, storm off the field quite a bit, saying no. F- no f- air. No, no f- f- air. No, no f- f- air. But she gets it done, right? She gets it done. Yeah, they have a great season. Yeah. They play um, one game, mm-hmm. and they lose. Yep. Yeah. 16 to 11. Yep. Uh, but they show a lot of hustle. Yeah. And when the season ends, Christy walks uh, rival team coach Bart Taylor home. Yep. And uh, holds his hand with her hand. <laughs> <laughs> I want to Yeah. Can I I want to set the scene for the baby nation cuz I wrote this down. That's scandalous. It's pretty good. This is the this is the end of the book. Bart and I stepped off the curb to cross the street and a car came zooming around the curb. Christy, look out. Bart grabbed my hand and pulled me back to the sidewalk. We were safe. But Bart didn't let go of my hand even though he certainly could have. That's pretty good stuff. That's pretty good stuff. That's powerful. Um, we also saw the inauspicious start to a sports legend's career in this book. Oh. Longtime Baby Nation listeners mm-hmm. will know that Jack and I have a theory. That is essentially proven. proven yeah. yeah. We suspect that Cam Newton, football player for the Carolina, Carolina Panthers, Panthers, is probably the adult version of Jamie, Jamie Newton. Newton. Hi, hi. Hi, hi. Right. There's been a lot of clues in the book. Jamie's had sort of some moments where he kisses greatness on the gridiron. Jamie Newton pretends to be Superman all the time. Yep. As does Cam Newton. Is, yep. Anybody who follows football knows that. And Jamie Newton is in this book. He's on Christie's Crushers. But I don't know if it's just that baseball is not a young Cam Newton sport. Um, he can just... He cannot get a hit to save his life in fact he's terrified of the ball yeah uh it's a huge problem to be afraid of the ball well and here's where i think i can connect the dots on why it still makes sense that baby man jamie newton and football man cam newton yep are the same person Uh uh-huh jamie newton is good at baseball in all ways except one he's afraid of the ball when it comes towards him right if that was your one fatal flaw as a premier athlete. If that was the one thing, like you're good at everything, except when a ball comes towards you, your gut instinct is just to duck and get out of the way. Yep. What position would you choose to play in the sport of American football? Quarterback. You throw the ball away from you. That's right. You throw the ball as far away from you as you possibly can. So baseball, just like Cam Newton. Baseball is just not his game. Because there's no position game. on baseball where the ball is not coming at you. Yeah. So he realizes that. He says, no, I need I need something else. I need a game where the ball is going away from me. I need me. a game. I have a pathological fear of the fucking ball. Not the, I need I'm a game fine with the ball. I just don't want to come at I me. I can overcome that fear every day and every minute that I'm playing by throwing that ball as far away from me as I possibly can. Yeah. All right. Good. This holds water. Yeah. So, Cam Newton, Jamie Newton. 
Baby Nation, you heard it here. Still holds water. First? Probably. Cam Newton, Baby Well, Newton. I... If you're... Like baby Man and Football Man? Yeah. As his two sort of, like... <laughs> his eras yeah yeah the biopic of his life is like starting off as a baby man in <laughs> stony, stony brook, brook connecticut <laughs> cam newton originally went by the name of jamie <laughs> after overcoming his fear of the ball coming his direction by learning to throw the ball away he became a football man <laughs> and went on to greatness as the star quarterback of the carolina panthers um tanner i want to talk a little bit more about the Christie and Bart dynamic okay. in this book. And the way that I want to talk about it is by analyzing the fascinating bivalency of the word crushers in this book. I'm sure that's something that you picked up on. Yep. Christie's, you wrote it down. I didn't write down bivalency of mm-hmm. the word crushers. Okay. But what I wrote was, it's interesting that... Christie keeps describing her affection for Bart Taylor as, and this is in cap case, mm-hmm. a gigantic crush. Yep. And then her team is called the Christie Crushers. Yeah. Spelled with a K. Yeah. Do you or do you not think that it's fascinating that Christie has this adversarial relationship with her own passions, her own burgeoning passions for a man that is coded in this book? both in terms of a crush that is like a, having a crush on someone, that is love, that is affection, yeah. and in terms of crushing that is in terms of destruction, that is in terms of dominating them. Christie's crushers is both her desire to beat and destroy Bart Taylor in any way that she can yep. and her desire to overcome him and be overcome by him in the act of human love. <laughs> Are you... D- agree or disagree? Uh, tentatively agree, <laughs> but I want to unpack it a little bit. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hmm. What would I do with an extra hour in my day? Very interesting question, BetterHelp. Hello, everyone. This is Evil Tanner. I'm... Like regular Tanner, except evil, our sponsor BetterHelp has put a little prompt here in the copy for us. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? My own website, which only exists on the dark web, of course, uh, wetterhelp.com, could use a little help. So I would probably use that hour to do a whole bunch, like just flood Facebook with one like, one prayer. Please go donate to my GoFundMe. I need to bring my website, wetterhelp.com, back from the brink betterhelp.com they feel like there's a little bit of uh, infringement i said well you know we're on the dark web you guys are on the surface web our whole thing is like getting people wet who don't want to be wet so it's like stepping in a puddle or like sitting on a bench that's wet that's us like that's what we do share this with a friend one like one prayer i will follow through on the like prayer stuff too i will be praying all night i would use today's sponsor betterhelp.com um of course i can't i an evil tanner i can only use the deep web we do have a deep web version of betterhelp.com um it's called worsehelp.com it's not good but i think betterhelp.com is great from everything i've heard convenient flexible suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist you can switch at any time no additional charge uh go check it out learn to make time for what makes you happy with better help visit betterhelp.com slash bedfellows to get 10 percent off your first month that's betterhelp h-e-l-p.com slash bedfellows see you there well not me but have fun It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You're saying that Christie's Crushers mm-hmm. is a reaction to Christie's own being crushedness by Bart Taylor. 
Well, I would describe that as being bashed by Bart Taylor. Okay. Because I'll remind you that it's Bart's bashers. Yeah, but so, you don't you don't have a bash on somebody. No, exactly. No, I wrote that down. I looked up the etymology of the word bash. You can it, tosh someone. It's though. from the Old Norse baska, which okay. means to strike for what it's worth. Baska. Um, Bart's relationship with Christie is described in terms of bashing, which has connotations that are mostly domineering. Okay. Christie's relationship with Bart is described in terms of crushing, which has connotations that are wildly on opposite sides of the spectrum. And this is something that comes up time and again in these books when the patriarchy impinges upon the quiet lives of these small businesswomen. Yep. They don't have tools at their disposal to fight back against it. Yep. Except their own pluck and grit and determination. Right. The you... odds are against them, as in this particular case, where the bashers are coming to, to bash them down. Yeah. And Christy fights back with love, but she also fights back with violence. That's scary. It's intense. It's awesome. So when the world bashes you, yeah. especially you young women out there, you crush back. You crush back. Yeah, you crush them. In every way yeah. possible. That's beautiful. I love that Anne and Martin thought to do this. I love that she thought to do this. I love that she put so much nuance into something as simple as the naming of these teams. If you Mm -hmm. are allowed Mm -hmm. to talk about academic bullshit like word origins, I'm allowed to talk about the supernatural. Oh, okay. I did not see any supernatural elements. While there wasn't any obvious supernatural elements in this book, we know... That Stony Brook, Connecticut has a deep history of supernatural. And I suspect mm-hmm. that the victim... Oh, man. The, the cipher... I'm with you on this. The well of all the bad luck and yeah. torment and evil dark magics in all of Stony Brook... It's a walking disaster. Named Jackie Radowski. Named Jackie Radowski. My man, look into these here eyes yeah. because I am on the same fucking page with you on this. He is super naturally misfortunate. Yes. I, I wrote down some quotes that I suspect you did as well. Yeah, I wrote down a ton of quotes. One, this is just the beginning. This is the opening for Jackie. Jackie, our very own walking disaster. Things happen to him. Sometimes things just happen because he's around. Yeah. That is some serious shit. If you've listened to previous episodes, Baby Nation, you'll please know what Please the, when, do go back and listen to every episode and then like, rate, review on iTunes. Uh, yeah, please do. Shoot us, shoot us a little writing on the old iTunes. It, it, it does us a, a world of service and it makes us feel good. Yep. And while you're at it, listen to previous episodes where we talk about Jackie Rudowski. This kid is off the fucking hook. Yeah, and we like, talk about the fact that Stony Brook, Connecticut is the um, epicenter of all occult magics in the known world. And you know what else we talk about? We talk about how, and this is substantiated in the text by none other than Anne Matthews Martin, time has stopped Yes, in Stony Brook. Sort of. Sort of. Time, These is, girls, time is broken in Stony Anne Brook. Anne Matthews Martin has stated in a previous book that she decided to stop time for these girls so that they could be trapped in amber at the age of 13. The first eight books, they're aging. And then around book nine, they stop aging. They're yep. going to be trapped in the eighth grade for the rest of eternity as far as Anne Matthews Martin is concerned. Right. Well, did you write down the same quote that I wrote down about Jackie Rudowski? I don't think so. Let me read this out for you. Christy, later on in this book, when she's trying to apologize for the fact that Jackie Rudowski, despite the fact that he's a pretty good slugger, uh, throws his bat in one of his many accidents, into the refreshment stand and just, like, knocks everything down and it's a fucking disaster. Right. Here's what she says to Bart. That's okay. Maybe your kids gave my kids a little backbone. Besides, Jackie is a walking disaster. I, I can't tell whether he's just accident-prone or if he lives in another time zone or something. Yeah. So you think he's out of the... I think he phases in and out of time. Okay. Oof. 
That makes a lot of sense. Oh right? my god, it's like a lag in a video game. Yeah, that's why he's always falling over. He can't walk two steps without tripping over his fucking shoelaces. At the end of the book, Christy calls him up to tell him what a good job he did in the baseball game and like how he saved the game for everybody. Yeah. And how it was like brave of him to come back into the game even though he was embarrassed after knocking over the refreshment stand. And while he's on the phone with her, he drops a lamp. He is lagging. He's lagging. Time blips forward for him, or he blips forward in time, and he's in a place that wasn't quite where he was before. The world is spun. There's a lamp there. There's a lamp there. Oof. That's, I was going to say maybe it was some kind of portrait of Dorian Gray thing where he was receiving all of the... There's a balance in the universe, and he was receiving, receiving all the negative energy, and it was manifesting itself in this bad luck. But your theory is so much better that he is slightly removed from time. Yeah. And his life must just be a living hell. Oh, it's awful. Like, he's constantly bumping into things. He's constantly dropping things. And he's incredibly talented. Apart from Matt Braddock, he's probably the best player on Christie's Crushers. Right. Despite being so accident-prone that he literally can't walk two steps without falling over. I wonder if that's why he made such a miraculous recovery from his ankle injury that he sustained on the field. Oh, wow. That's a really good point. Because he just jumped ahead, like... A day. Yeah. And his, and his ankle was suddenly feeling bad. And suddenly he's, he's like, I can't play anymore. I can't play. I hurt my ankle. Yeah. And Chrissy's Put like, oh, coach. really? And he grabs his right ankle. He's like, yeah. And she's like, it was your left ankle. He's like, oh. Oh, it was uh, my left ankle. Huh, I guess you're right. Oh, I guess you're right. I guess like, I And Christy's like, forgot. oh, you were just embarrassed because you made a mess and, and winks at him. But what actually happened is that three days have passed and he can't remember what fucking ankle he injured three days earlier in yeah. the baseball game. And he's trying to like play it cool. Wow. Well, let's keep an eye on this. This is a very interesting new theory. I'm super excited about it. Yeah. Um, well, I want to talk a little bit about Christy's boys quadrant. Something I threw down in my notes. Sorry? Christy has a quadrant of, like, how she defines and thinks about boys. Yep. I, I just wanted to get your thoughts on whether that's realistic, where you would fall. Well, I know a lot of boys. So she thinks that about 25% of boys are jerks. Yep. About 25% are snobs. Yep. 25% are snobby jerks. Yep. And then there's a 25% that's kind of the sweet spot where it's like a non-jerk, non-snob. Yeah, not all men. Not all men. Yep. That's good. I like that. Um, I, th- I, th- I know a lot of men. Yeah. You are a man. Mm-hmm. Thank you. My dad's a man. Mm-hmm. Um, Hercules Mulligan. He's a dog. Okay. He's sitting right here next to us. Yep. That's what I was thinking of him. Um, our friend Scott, who does the theme song, Scott Lamb. Original baby boy. He's a man. Mm-hmm. Um, quick. So that's three. I should probably come up with a fourth, huh? Yeah, let's pick a let's pick a fourth man in our lives. So we got me, we okay. got your father. You yep. definitely snob. <laughs> okay? Yep. So you fill that quadrant. Yep. Scott? Scott, original baby boy, and Baby Nation, this is it's not just us talking about our friends. You hear Scott's voice at the beginning and at the end of every episode yep, he's, he of wrote, the Baby Sims Club Club. The theme song. He wrote and performed the theme songs. Jerk. Jerk. Definite jerk. Jerk. Yep. No question. So we got a snob. We had to we fight so fucking hard to get him to fucking make that oh, it took weeks. theme song. Uh, it took him like 10 oh, minutes to fucking I'm sorry, guys. I just, I was too busy having a baby. I just had a child. I just uh, had a baby. I don't have time to write your stupid podcast theme song. That makes me sick. Well, where's his baby now? Yeah. Fucking hell. A few months old. Okay. So we've got a jerk. We got a snob. My dad, mm-hmm. super nice guy. Non-jerk, non-snob. Just the nicest. Okay. So that just leaves a jerk. Snob. We need a snobby jerk. Do you know anyone? I know you. No. No, you know what, man? I'm right in the top top left quadrant. Nice guy. I'm not gonna. I'm, yeah, you're a nice guy. You're yeah. one of the nice guys. Yeah. Oh, I'm a nice guy. Why? Nice why does everybody fucking milady? Milady. <laughs> a tip of the tip of the hat to I you. I don't understand why us nice guys can't get any women. Milady. <laughs> Good. Good, yeah, that's you. That's that's something. Nice guys hadn't been invented. Had there wasn't terminology for nice guys back when Christy was crushing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, do we know any snobby jerks? I guess not, huh? <laughs> no one that we'd necessarily want to call out like by name on this podcast. Well, listen, Baby Nation. If you know any snobby jerks, email us. Email us at Jack, Jack and Tanner, Tanner at Babysitters. At- clubclub.com babysittersclubclub.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash babysittersclubclub yep. um, or you know you know what's a great way to Jack, let us know about the snobby jerk in your life 
hit us with a five star rating on the iTunes yeah. and leave a review. Leave a positive review because <laughs> if you lead if you lead bad ones, Tanner gets sad. Yep, and we'll stop the show. Yep, and um, in your review, my guess at the end, just name who the snobbiest jerk you know is. Yep. Yeah. Uh, here's something you don't know, man. What? I got us a Twitter. Oh, real? BSCC podcast. Great. All one word. Twitter.com slash BSCC podcast. Follow That's where us. You can find Jack and Tanner. Yep. Um, Jack. Yes. Alexander Shepard, or as I like to call you, Jazz. Jazz. Yes. T Dog. Did. Dog. Yep. You. Can we sing together? Have. Can we sing? Can we make some sweet music when we're doing this? Uh. That was good. That felt good. Yeah, I'm glad I you pulled me back from a mic, yeah, didn't you? I, I, sh- I mimed to you, Baby Nation. To if you've been listening to previous, mic. if you've been listening to previous episodes, every time we do that, I fucking peek out on the volume, and you're probably like, oh, like, I'm sure you know this because it blasted your bicycle. fucking eardrums out. <laughs> Today, now that we're a big boy podcast, we lean back from the mic when we fucking yell into it. Yep. Um, Hit I me with your burn of the week. I had a few, man. I'm just gonna hit you with the first one that I wrote. I hope and it's not mine because mine is so fresh. Here's what happened. We described this scene recently. Jackie Radowski tries to hit the baseball, yep. and the bat slips right out of his fucking hands into <laughs> the refreshment stand. Two of the bashers, two of Bart's bashers, at the end of the game, just kind of like walking up to old Jackie, and he's like, hey, guys, what's going on? And they just say, hit any good refreshment stands lately? <laughs> Gotcha, Jackie Radowski. Eat it, Jackie. What's that? Oh, it's the it's the Burnbulin. And Jackie Radowski is like, I exist outside of this temporal plane. <laughs> you motherfuckers. Please I exist outside me. of this temporal plane. A, please help me. B, I fucking like batted in like four fucking base runners and like scored like yeah. seven of our 14 points today despite the fact that i'm blipping in and out of time yeah, i've space. seen i've seen the death of every world <laughs> i've seen you both grow old and die <laughs> and here i am batting in ribbies yeah <laughs> i'm watching this moment now from the infinite expanse and i'm I've, looking I've in lived your eyes through the, the last electrons dying <laughs> out in the cool cool death of the universe <laughs> my here voice I am again is emanating from a black hole where time has ceased to exist and i'm here to say that not only did i get home two guys with two outs in the sixth inning but I'm sorry that I threw my bat into the refreshment yeah. stand as well. You try to fucking do what I'm doing. I wish when you took on the cosmic eternal Jackie mm-hmm. Radowski, yeah. you would do your T.S. Eliot impression, because I oh, think that's good. what I was doing a little bit. Uh, but yeah. your T.S. Eliot impression is so much better than mine, yeah. because as stated in episode eight, you are secretly British. April is the cruelest month, bringing <laughs> lilacs from the dead land, stirring a little life with dried tubers. I'm sorry that I stranded a runner on second, but I blipped briefly out of this temporal plane. Stupid. Anyway, let's keep going. <laughs> Christie's Crushers. Christie's Crushers. Wait, did you have a burn of the week, my man? Yep. Oh, good. Um, Christie's Crushers. Yes. Spelled K-R-U-S-H-E-R-S. The kids thought it'd be... Kind of a fun little bit of alliteration. Christie's mm-hmm. Crushers. Yeah. You know who's not having it? Karen Brewer. Karen Brewer. Oh, uh, my fave. Yeah. She's not going to buy into your misspellings. Karen Brewer will she's have great. I love none this. of it. Yeah. So they all uh, do a lot of work coordinating their outfits, which is a white t-shirt with iron-on letters. They all show up at the first game. They're all wearing the uniforms. They're all looking great. Except who waltzes in? Karen. Mm-hmm. Karen is wearing a shirt, too. It said... Christie's Crushers with a C. <laughs> Whoa, Karen, I exclaimed. How did that happen? Did your mom iron the letters on your shirt? Karen nodded. Well, she spelled our team name wrong on the shirt. My shirt is spelled correctly, said Karen. <laughs> It'll be the only one, too. 
That's baller. I that's love, my burn of the week. I love. I didn't. I didn't think to capture that as a burn, but now that you describe it to me as a burn, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And everyone who looks at that, everyone who sees that lineup and notices Karen's shirt, they're not going to be like, "Oh, what's with the odd one out?" They're going to be like, "Jesus, is everyone on this team except one person fucking illiterate?" Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that tomorrow night the New York Yankees took the field against the Texas Rangers. Okay. That's who they're playing this week. Okay. Every New York Yankee, Y-A-N-K-E-E, took the field. Okay. Except for A-Rod, <laughs> Alexander Rodriguez. Yeah. And he comes waltzing out of the dugout. Uh-huh. And he's got a self-made jersey. <laughs> and it just says, Y-A-N-K-I-E-S. <laughs> You would think, oh, look at these other fools. As just happened with you saying that to me, I and everyone in the stadium would suddenly have this fucking epiphany that's like, have we just been spelling Yankees wrong our entire lives and no one ever thought to proofread it? Yankees is spelled Y-A-N-K-I-E-S, isn't it? Yankee Doodle Dandy. Yeah. That's not two E's. That's why insane. Are they called, why are they called the New York Yankees? <laughs> you want to know why? You know who else is concerned You want to fucking know why? It's peer pressure. Someone <laughs> fucking spelled it wrong, and everyone like on every Yankee team since the beginning has just gone along with it because they don't have a Karen Brewer among them. They don't have an A-Rod. They don't have a Karen yeah. Brewer. They don't have someone who's finally standing up against misspellings. Oh, man. All right. Well, we're, we're burning through segments. So. Jackie... Yeah, I'm bummed out. Why is that? Because of my tearful moment. Anyway, I had one that really got me. All right, hit me. It's the first game of the season. Yeah, it's the last game of the season. They only have Christie's Crushers versus Bart's Bashers. The only two teams in the league. Christie's Crushers are a mess. Mm-hmm. Jack Rodowski's knocking shit over. There's kids doing cartwheels in the in the outfield. They're not ready for this game. Bart's Bashers walk in. They're efficient. They're tight. They're militaristic. Mm-hmm. They're here to win. Christie's Crushers are intimidated, right? Mm-hmm. Play ball. First inning. First at bat. Someone singles. Mm-hmm. Second at bat. Runner advances. And someone goes to first. Mm-hmm. Third at bat. Matt Braddock. Oh, Mad Matt Braddock. Mm-hmm. Mad Matt Braddock gets up there. Mm-hmm. Just whales the ball. Mm-hmm. Out of the park home run. Everyone runs the bases. Matt comes in. He's running to home. Out of sight. Out of sight. You hit that ball with all your might, screamed Haley and Vanessa, the cheerleaders. They were jumping up and down enthusiastically, but somehow they didn't live up to the Bashers cheering. <sighs> it didn't matter. When Matt reached home plate, the Crushers crowded him, hugging him and signing to him. Jesse told me one of the kids accidentally gave him the sign for oven, <laughs> but Matt didn't notice, and who cared anyway? The thought of like an excited David Michael, yeah, just frantically signing, signing oven, oven. <laughs> just really choked me up. He's oh. just so excited about Matt Braddock scoring this de- the deaf Matt Braddock, and this is a fucking five year old who's learned sign language to talk to his fucking best friend. Yeah. Yeah. He just runs up to him. Oh, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. That's my tearful moment, man. It really got to me. A, a tear trickled down my cheek. Oh. Here's the one that actually got me, that actually got me going, Lowell. Watson looked up from his work. We didn't get to talk after the game, but I wanted to tell you it was terrific. Of course, I knew it would be, win or lose. You did? How'd you know that? I stood at the edge of the garden and watched Watson turn peat moss into the soil because you were the crusher's coach. That's how I knew. Yeah. Watson just loves Christie no matter what. He knows that come hell or high water, Christie's going to get the fucking job done. Yeah. You know what's weird? What? I didn't capture that, but I captured literally the next line. Yeah. Because it was so weird. Yeah. What is it? <laughs> Christie, this is from Christie's POV. Yeah. So Watson says, because you were the Crusher's coach, that's how I knew. Yeah. And then Christie follows it up with, Watson straightened up, the gardens are his domain. <laughs> <laughs> That's so strange. And I just like I captured that. And I was like, "What? What? <laughs> the gardens, the gardens are, are his domain. <laughs> domain. Oh, that's good. That's food for thought." Um, 
Well, Baby Nation, I feel like that's where we're going to leave you. That's, Put me in, coach. That's, I'm ready to uh, take me out, coach. Take, take, we're going to take Tanner out. Now. We've had a good game. We didn't leave any base runners stranded. Nah. We pulled in our reliever and uh, closed out the game. This has been another episode of the Babysitter's Club Club. I have been Jack Shepard. I have been Tanner Greenring. Next week, we're going to be reading a Mallory point of view that is called Mallory and the Trouble with Twins. Next week, we're going to be talking about Mallory. Yep, and in about 10 minutes, we're going to be talking about Karen Brewer, little sister, number one. In the past for you. Two weeks ago. In 10 minutes for us, we're going to be talking about little sister number one. Who's the Karen's witch? Us or them? That's exactly where I was going. I'm glad you're on my same wavelength. I think we're the Jackie Radowski here. Oh, absolutely. We're always off. We're Jackie Radowski's. If you're a member of Baby Nation and not a resident alien baby, you have already experienced Karen's Witch, the first Little Sister podcast. Which is trippy because For these two, we haven't yet. These two Jackie Radowskis here who exist outside of the fabric of time. Skipping through time. We're about to record it literally right now. We've seen the birth and death of this podcast. We've seen the birth <laughs> and death of all worlds. It's but not we pretty. we have no idea what's about to happen. Yeah. In two weeks ago's mini-sode. Little sister number one, Karen's witch. Yep. Claudia is wearing a bra now. And the way she talks, you think boys have just been involved. In 86, N.M. Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club We don't need to do the segment that our friends Jackie and the Weasel enjoy called American Sports. What's happening in American Sports? It's Jackie and the Weasel. No, we don't need to because that's what this fucking book is about. And Baby Nation, if you didn't like how much we talked about American Sports this week, you want to know who you should tweet at? Ann Matthews Martin. Don't tweet at us. Don't tweet at us. Do not go to twitter.com slash bscc podcast and complain to us. Don't do that. Go to twitter.com slash whatever Ann M. Martin's Twitter name is. Or Scholastic Publishers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those guys need to fucking hear it from you.